Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consulary Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. Hopefully, if you're listening, you've made the fantasy playoffs. So this episode will be all about Week 15 by going through each matchup and giving one or two thoughts. Starting on Thursday night, Chargers-Raiders. Injuries are the big story here with Justin Herbert likely done for the season and the Raiders likely being without Josh Jacobs on a short week. So for LA, it seems they'll run the offense through Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Those two should get enough work and remain at the top 12 of their positions. The backfield split that was expected last week for the Chargers didn't really come to fruition because Eckler started taking over as the game progressed. But I did think Isaiah Spiller ran hard on his limited opportunities. So maybe in deeper leagues, he could be a speculative ad for the final three or four games. And for the Las Vegas backfield, Zamir White should lead the way. It's a plus matchup versus the Chargers, but he's more of a low-end RB2 or borderline flex with every team now back in action with bye weeks concluded. So if you need a short-term fill-in, he's a good pickup this week. But from a long-term perspective, Jacobs could be back by week 16, and there's probably not enough workhorse potential, and the offense isn't in a good enough spot for White to rise too high in the rankings. Moving on to Saturday with three games. First is Vikings at Bengals. Could be a tougher matchup here for Joe Mixon with Minnesota having a strong run defense. But a big part of the Cincinnati offense under Jake Browning has been the effectiveness of screen passes, both to Mixon and Chase Brown. And they've definitely wanted to achieve balance. So Mixon should be a volume-based RB2 that still has really good upside. And for the Vikings, it's unclear if Justin Jefferson will play. Obviously, if he does, he's a high-end wide receiver one. But the other injury to watch is Alexander Madison. He went down with an ankle injury last week. And if he doesn't go, then Ty Chandler could be a nice spot start as a flex option with the Bengals allowing 4.7 yards per carry on the year. For the second Saturday game, Steelers at Colts. Just making the rankings to begin the week, I noticed Michael Pittman Jr. was a high-end wide receiver two or even a low-end wide receiver one for the consensus. He's shown a great connection with Gardner Minshew but he should see a lot of Joey Porter Jr. And the rookie cornerback has been a shutdown option on the perimeter. So I'd view Pittman as more of a low-end wide receiver two flex. And for Pittsburgh, it'll be another week of Mitchell Trubisky under center. So look for them to try to get Najee Harris going. He'll have more of a rest to be healthy. And Harris seems to be a guy that comes through in the fantasy playoffs late in the year. So running back is looking strong this week, but we have him in the top 24. And the preferred play over Jalen Warren. And finishing off on Saturday with Broncos at Lions. If you have Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, obviously they're both going to be must-start options. Denver is still very vulnerable versus the run. And Gibbs in particular, I could see going off. We saw the damage that another explosive rookie runner in Devon Achan had earlier this season. So I'm not saying he's going to go for 50 fantasy points. But Gibbs we have as a top five option at running back. And Montgomery isn't too far behind. Hopefully Ben Johnson commits more to the run after both guys had success last week, and Detroit needs to find a way to play from ahead to get their pass rush going. That said, Denver has been able to keep games close as they've turned the season around. Javante Williams has been a big part of that, even with not great efficiency. He's been below 4.0 yards per carry in each of the past six games, but the touch totals have been there. He's ran tough and should be a solid RB2 with the hopes that he gets another goal line carry. So we have Williams as a top 20 option, and the only real downside would be if Denver falls behind and leans more on Samaj P. Ryan as the preferred pass-catching back. Starting with Falcons at Panthers on Sunday, it seems Carolina will be going with a run-heavy offense the rest of the way. 
So Chuba Hubbard should be more stable as a flex, but mostly I would be wanting to target defensive options that are facing Carolina. And for Atlanta's offense, they're very top-heavy. So B. John Robinson is a high-end RB1 in a good matchup. And big gain from Drake London and Kyle Pitts last week could make them more confident starts, although Pitts was too quiet for a long stretch after his deep touchdown. And it's still frustrating to see him not really involved at the level he should be. So if you have other options at tight end, maybe Darren Waller coming back, or could pick someone up like Isaiah Likely, then Pitts is more of a low-end tight end one that, based on his production all year, doesn't need to be started. Another tight end to definitely start over Pitts this week is David Njoku taking on the Bears. And also in that Bears-Browns matchup, this is more for DFS lineups. But because of Chicago's weakness defending tight ends and the middle of the field, I also like Harrison Bryant. Again, this is more for DFS lineups. He's not involved enough to be a strong start in redraft leagues. But before last week, when he didn't have a catch, Bryant had a 5.49 one line and also had a touchdown in the previous game. So with Joe Flacco performing very well under center for Cleveland, Njoku should be a borderline top five option, and Bryant a good cheap value in DFS formats. And then for Chicago, I mentioned last week the Week 16 matchup versus Arizona for their backfield as one to target, and it seems that Deontay Foreman will be the lead back. Last week, both Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson weren't really involved, so Foreman next week could be at least a solid flex if he remains a lead back for Week 15. For the next game, Buccaneers at Packers. We'll have to keep an eye on the status of Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. But even if they don't go, I like Jordan Love to bounce back as a QB1 play. The Buccaneers have really struggled in coverage, so I like Love to have a big day. And also Romeo Dobbs, after Drake London, I think had 172 yards last week against them, should be positioned to be a nice flex. And the possible return of Watson wouldn't really downgrade him because Watson would open up more opportunities for single coverage. And for Tampa Bay, if you have Rashad White, you're surely starting him. But he's risen to be a top 12 option at running back. And this week is a really good matchup for him. Zach Wilson returning has stabilized the New York offense, especially for Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, both being more confident starts. This week will be tougher with Miami coming off a loss. But quarterback is getting pretty desperate with all the injuries. So either Zach Wilson hopefully can keep his confidence high with at least a solid performance to maybe be a streaming option next week in a great matchup versus Washington. And if somehow the Jets can pull off an upset to get to 6-8 and eight and keep very slim playoff hopes alive, TMZ reported that Aaron Rodgers will be cleared ahead of Week 16. So it might not be the worst idea if you have roster space to pick up Aaron Rodgers for that potential matchup versus the Commanders, even if it's a long shot that he returns. And then for Miami, I think they just need to run the ball more. Both Raheem Moster and Devon Achan were picking up good chunks of yardage on Monday night, so I think Mike McDaniel will get back to featuring them, and both are at least high-end RB2 options. For Giants at Saints, I mentioned Waller returning this week. At least he said he expects to. He can be an immediate tight end one option, with New Orleans falling apart in terms of their stoutness versus tight ends. But in general, this matchup is straightforward with Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Chris Olave really being the only must-start options. For Texans at Titans, it's also pretty straightforward. Derrick Henry has come alive in December again, and he's a must-start RB1. But for Houston, the guy to watch out for is Noah Brown, as he could operate as basically the number one wideout if Nico Collins, with his calf injury, is unable to go. 
Brown has been shut out in back-to-back games since his return, but he saw five targets last week, so obviously disappointing he didn't catch any of them, but it was a tough matchup, bad conditions, and Sunday will be an easier matchup versus Tennessee. For the final 1 p.m. game, Chiefs at Patriots. It sounds like Isaiah Pacheco should be back in the lineup, but it will be interesting to see if the featured workloads continue for him. You almost need to play him if you have him on your roster, but Pacheco might be better viewed as a low-end RB2, and that's partly due to New England still playing stout defense. And then for the Patriots backfield, they're expected to be without Ramondre Stevenson again, but Ezekiel Elliott was able to turn back the clock last Thursday night with 29 touches, 140 yards, and a score. There is a chance the Chiefs are able to shut down New England, but Zeke is a safe bet for volume, including in the passing game, and Kansas City typically allows receptions to running backs. So Zeke, still determined to prove himself as a starting caliber running back, is our RB18 for Week 15, and he has a nice combination of floor and upside if he can find the end zone. For the first late afternoon game, 49ers at Cardinals, this should be a blowout spot for Christian McCaffrey who had 153 yards last week and torched Arizona in the first matchup with 177 total yards and four scores. So he's worth paying up for in DFS lineups. And the hope would be that Kyler Murray is able to make things happen for Arizona. So San Francisco needs to keep their foot on the gas. And all the playmakers, McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brendan Ayuk can have big games. And Brock Purdy is a borderline top five option at quarterback. For commanders at Rams, I could see coming out of the bye and with frustrations mounting, Washington featuring Terry McLaurin after he didn't have a catch in the last outing. So it's risky, but I could see McLaurin's outlook being improved as a low-end wide receiver too. Really, I would want a piece of the passing attack for the Rams though. We have Cooper Cup as a top five play and Puka Nakua as a top 12 play for a matchup against the Washington defense that hasn't really covered anyone recently. And Matthew Stafford should at least be a top eight option at quarterback. And you could really make a case for him to be a top five option. The final late afternoon game, Cowboys at Bills. Buffalo only had 20 points last week in the win over the Chiefs, but this has the feeling of a high scoring game to me. I know Dallas can be tough. Buffalo can be tough at home. But Dak Prescott is playing perhaps the best football of his career. And the Bills have been much better under Joe Brady. So I like Dak and Allen both as top three options to quarterback. Stephon Diggs, I've seen people question if they should bench him for the fantasy playoffs. He'll probably see a lot of Stephon Gilmore. But he's due for an explosion. And I wouldn't really consider benching him. And we'll see if Gabe Davis, who is difficult to trust after another zero catch performance, can get deep versus Deron Bland. Bland has obviously been phenomenal this year but he can be beaten deep and I would be surprised if Buffalo didn't try at least hitting him with a double move at some point. On Sunday night, Ravens at Jaguars. Jacksonville has not played great on defense in back-to-back games, so I like the outlook for Baltimore. At running back, Keaton Mitchell was tripped up on a would-be long run and probably a touchdown last week. He's been tripped up at least a couple of times on would-be long gains since becoming a part of the offense, but he's still been a Big play threat in the backfield and should be an upside flex for week 15. And then the pass catchers, Odell Beckham Jr., carry some risk because of his injury history and the Ravens having a few options at wide receiver. But he's been hot in recent weeks, including a reception of 40 plus yards in three of the past four games. So Odell is available in quite a few leagues and he can be worth considering 
as a pickup and start on Sunday night. And Isaiah Likely, I mentioned, he's a low-end tight end one option. And the Jaguars notably allowed two touchdowns to David Njoku last week. Finally, on Monday night, Eagles at Seahawks. For Philadelphia, you're playing all the studs. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. I'd be lower on DeAndre Swift. There's just not a commitment to the running game. And he's a little too dependent on big plays. Still a low-end RB2 option, but not one that you need to start. But Seattle is a little trickier with the injury to Geno Smith. And on paper, a matchup facing a Philadelphia defense that's allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. But if Smith plays, I think he's a no-doubt QB1 option. DK Metcalf is a top-10 option at wide receiver. I mentioned early in the season, something that worries me about Metcalf is him maybe getting ejected at some point. Unfortunately, that happened last week, so hopefully it didn't cost you a playoff spot. But I'm sure he'll be determined versus a defense that he typically destroys. And for their running backs, Kenneth Walker wasn't featured last week in his return to the lineup, but he showed his big playability, and I would expect Seattle to get him going with a little extra time to get healthier and knowing that it's a huge game for them. Again, the Eagles are allowing the fewest fantasy points to the position, but they've been weaker recently with over 20 fantasy points allowed in each of the past three games. So I like Walker as a borderline top 15 option. I would like to see him more involved on pop passes and things to get the ball in space. But if Walker does get to the second level, the Eagles have struggled to tackle, so he could rip off chunk yardage and will hopefully be given the short yardage opportunities. So that will conclude this episode. As always, you can find our full rankings on wolfsports.com. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Conciliary Podcast.